Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. one do when Senator John Fetterman who you don't even know how much he understands of anything is now the most pro-Israel senator possibly there in terms of proactiveness you've got these pro-Hamas forces everywhere booing him as he exits the Capitol and he's waving an Israeli flag that's why they were booing him right there the whole thing is nuts nuts some strange bedfellows don't get me wrong Democratic Party has abused John Fetterman he should not be a senator by any stretch but holy cow he's got this figured out going far against the grain of his fellow progressives who have uh, never uh, found a Jew that they've liked. The idea that we get a break for four hours, a break so that we can have food. I saw someone spoke about it and they said, thank you for giving us raisins for a few hours and then do we go back to bombing no four hours we don't want four hours we don't want 16 hours we don't want 22 we want a ceasefire now the answer Corey bush is no because a ceasefire helps hamas and i don't know why you like hamas but the only reason is you want to destroy israel and you want dead jews these are the reasons go on give me another reason tony katz that's me hey what's up Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Give me a reason. You say it's about the lives of the Palestinians. I say the lives of the Palestinians, the people in Gaza, will be better when there is no more Hamas. Show me how the, the, the ceasefire works. Show me how a humanitarian pause, humanitarian pause, same thing as a ceasefire It's word manipulation garbage. Pay no attention to it. Tell me why. Tell me why you will not push for the eradication of Hamas. Everything is better when Hamas is gone. Now, some bigot out there will say to me, no, 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 Tony. Everything will be better when Israel is gone. (laughs) See what I did there? Hoisted by your own petard. Why in the world would anybody believe that Hamas will be done when Israel is gone? Why would anybody believe this? Wait, do we do we not think that far down the road? Play your game. Not yours, sorry. Play their game. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. Just for a brief period of time. Play the game where they have eliminated Israel. On what plane of consciousness do you exist where you believe they go, Israel's gone. All right, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go get a job as an accountant now. Because we just got rid of Israel. Wait, did they get rid of Israel or did they get rid of all the Jews? Oh, wait, they're not going to stop till they get rid of all the Jews. Then they'll go and be an accountant because they'll, you know, they'll have killed all the accountants. Uh, honestly, honestly, not the worst joke I've ever told. You want to complain, go to my rabbi and uh, deal with him. What makes you think they're going to stop? They won't stop at just Israel. They won't stop at just the Jews. They won't stop until you, you great Satan bastard, are gone. Why in the world would you think that they'll stop? This is the great disease of people like Representative Cory Bush. And when I say people like, I mean progressives. People who have lost souls and twisted minds. Who believe not that Hamas is a terrorist organization, but that Israel led them to it. This, of course is a nonsensical argument. This is a maddening argument. Just like the idea that somehow this is a genocide from the Israelis. Of course that's not the case. As has been noted, you have a growing population in Gaza. You want to talk about a bad genocide. Genocide, the killing of a whole group of people, yet the population is growing. People like Cori Bush, people like Ilhan Omar, people like Rashida Tlaib, people like Andre Carson, all complain that Israel cut off the water, the food, and the electricity. You mean Israel was so focused on genocide of the people of Gaza that they gave them food, water, and electricity? Hamas can't keep the power on. They don't have any skills. They don't care about power. They can't keep the water running. They ripped up all the pipes out of the ground so they could build rocket launchers. Israel did it all. These are the people engaged in a genocide. All you kids on the college campus of, of IU or Ball State in Indiana where I'm, I'm heard around or, or, or yeah, University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, down there uh, in in Atlanta on on WSB, you you go you go to University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, or Emory. If you if you want to say to me that Israel's involved in a genocide, but Israel's been providing electricity and water to the people they're trying to kill, you know you sound dumb, right? You're aware of that, aren't you? Because I think you need to be aware of that. Or perhaps, and my apologies, maybe you didn't realize what the situation was. You only know what you were told. You never did that second step of research, which is, I'm here to help. If Israel's providing the food and the water and the electricity, that can't also be the people engaged in a genocide just doesn't work. How about a conversation of history? Cenk Uger, over there at the Young Turks, this radical progressive, can't figure out to be on the side of free and thinking people. And on Piers Morgan's show, he is having a debate with Rabbi Shmuley Batak, who I don't agree with on everything. But this is a pretty strong history lesson from Rabbi Batak. And check out at the end 
how Cenk Uger responds. So I've spent I've spent my life debating people. Whenever someone whenever someone starts using personal names and screaming like a lunatic, they're losing the debate. Let me remain. You're factual. the one First who all, used, made the up Palestinians, things. The Palestinians, the Palestinians, the Palestinians, the, uh, the Palestinians were offered a state in 1936 in the Peel Commission. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1947, the U.N. Partition Plan. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1967 after Israel conquered Judea and Samaria and the West Bank. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 2000, Yasser Arafat, Ehud Barak. They rejected it. They were offered a state with Ehud Omer 2008. They rejected it. They have the Israel, you know, laterally withdrew from Gaza in 2005, and they did not create a state. In fact, where were you, Cenk, when you say that you care about Palestinian children, when Hamas stole the highest rate of per capita international foreign aid, larger than the Marshall Plan, from Palestinian children, did not build schools for them, did not build hospitals, took all the money to buy bombs and to build a network of tunnels, which is larger than the, than the New York subway system. Where were you then? Why are, did you only come up now? In fact, when Bashar al-Assad killed 600,000 children, Arab children, when he gassed them with mustard gas, my organization took out full page New York Times, ads to protect them from sarin gas. Where were you then? You don't care about Arab children. You are a Jew hater, defined as someone who only Shut wants to up. lie and say that the Jews you are genocidaires. And racist. don't try to cancel me and say that I shouldn't be on. You're not a producer of this show. Because you are ignorant of the facts and ignorant of the history does not mean that you can cancel uh, Jake, my voice. Jake. Bigot and, uh, and racist, that's the response. There's a history lesson involved here. There's a reality here. None of this exists in a vacuum, but desperation from the political left is to make it be so. Which is the same reason of why you see people ripping down posters. Why in the world is everybody across the country ripping down posters of of, uh, hostages? Because if the posters are up, you'll recognize that Hamas did something wrong. The posters are a reminder of who started this thing. The posters are a reminder of how Hamas acts. They raped women, they burned people alive, they killed children, and they kidnapped children and women. That's Hamas. And that's who benefits from a pause. From a ceasefire. Yet here is the political left. Here is the political left demanding it. Here's the political left at the comp- on the campus of UCLA. They made a piñata. The piñata has Benjamin Netanyahu's face on it. And one after another, some wearing masks, some wearing kafirs, they're hitting... Benjamin Netanyahu in the face. This pinata. That's who wants a ceasefire. Every day since October 7th, rockets have been fired from Hamas into Israel. And yet somehow a ceasefire has to happen from Israel. As the data shows us from the New York City police, for those of you who believe in hate crimes, they keep uh, data on hate crimes. I don't believe in in hate crimes. Of course, a crime is a crime is a crime. But as long as they're going to have the data, I'll share the data. In uh, the year 2022, October, there were 22 
hate crimes against Jews. In 2023, 69. Now, as a way of comparison, there were four in 2022 against Asians. There have been zero in 2023. There's, there was one in 2022 against black people, four in 2023. There were four against Hispanic people in 2022, zero in 2023. And in 2022, there were zero against Muslims. There were eight in 2023. 69 to eight and go back a year, 22 to zero. Can we please stop telling me about the Islamophobia? Because that, of course, is another line that isn't based in fact. It is a conversation had by the White House and others to diminish what is happening to whom? Jews. And by the way, you know this, being Jewish or not, you're next. Christians are next. Christians know this. Christians get it. They understood it. As annoying as this is, and you know it's true, and I know it's true, and we know it's true, Christians knew it before liberal Jews knew it. Because I'm not so sure liberal Jews fully get it yet. I am not so sure they understand it. I am not so sure that liberal Jews understand that at the University of Pennsylvania, they are uh, projecting slogans onto uh, the walls of dorms from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is, of course, a call to genocide, that Zionism is racism, that the University of Pennsylvania funds Palestinian genocide. This is happening right now. They're not aware that a New York City police car was destroyed and, and, and vandalized. Referring to the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, as the KKK. This happening on the 85th anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, which one could argue was, is, is significant or signifying the start of, of the pogroms against uh, Jews and, and the rounding up of Jews and the killing of Jews and, and the, 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 the rise of the Nazi movement. 85th anniversary. They engaged in rallies to support Hamas in Australia. They're destroying police vehicles and, and, and destroying property in New York. Liberal Jews haven't figured this out yet. They absolutely have not figured this out yet. But you have. And more and more, the more that you see, you see Hamas supporters invading the offices of the New York Times to try and shut it down. Why? Because the New York Times is too friendly to Israel. This is going on everywhere. Everywhere. And all of these people work the same philosophy. Well, if Israel would just stop. Well, if Israel would just do this. If Israel would just do that. If Hamas was gone, the people of Gaza could live in peace. If Hamas had control of all of Israel from the river to the sea, they would have to look to Jordan to provide electricity. Because they couldn't do it on their own. The people would starve. They wouldn't know how to grow a tomato. Because this is not what they do. Not because I said so, not because I'm some bigoted guy, but because they need Israel to supply them food. They need the people that they hate to supply them with what they need to live. And the people that they hate have done so.
Nah, no ceasefires and no pauses. Just the end of Hamas. And I will take the support wherever I can get it, even if it's coming from John Fetterman. I'm Tony Katz. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The senator from Alabama. Object. The objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that it be in order to make the same request request with respect to calendar item 47, Major General Sean A. Ganey to be Lieutenant General. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The senator from Alabama. Object. The objection is heard. Damn, is Cory Booker angry? Cory Booker angry. Cory Booker smash. I am Spartacus. Oh, it is. It is incredible to watch. We got to get the video up. We got to get the video up for everybody to see. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So the senator from Alabama is Tommy Tuberville. The person making the nominations are, is uh, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia. These are objections to military uh, uh, promotions um, movement because Tommy Tuberville does not like uh, that we, as a, uh, a government, pay for abortions in the military. He wants it to stop. So he has held up all these other promotions and assignments. And this goes on. And on and on. Mr. President, I ask that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 48, Major General Heidi Hoyle to be Lieutenant General. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The Senator from Alabama. Object. The objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that, the, that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 49, Brigadier General Lawrence S. Linton to be Major General. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The Senator from Alabama. Object. The objection is heard. Mr. President, I am. And it goes on and on. It's, it's, it is surreal. Uh, I, I don't think what Tuberville is doing is the end of days because you can go around him. You can go around him. And at one moment, you have John Fetterman providing, uh, presiding over the Senate. And, like, I cannot figure this out. He's, he thinks the thing is hilarious, and I don't know if you can blame him. Smith, Captain Michael R. Van Poots. Is there objection? Mr. President. From the senator from Alabama? Object. Objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 227, Captain John E. Byington, to be Rear Admiral Lower Half. Uh, is there objection? President. The Senator from Alabama. Object. Objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 228, Captain John A. Robinson III, to be Rear Admiral Lower Half. <laughs> Is there an objection? Mr. President. Uh, the Senator from Alabama? 
Object. Uh, objection is heard. This goes on and on. The objections I get rub people the wrong way. But as I've stated, there are ways around this, and you have already seen the Senate go about confirming a whole bunch of people. Well, go do that. You want to leave Tommy Tuberville out on an island, you're more than welcome to do so. Go leave him out on an island. But he's making a point. And this isn't even a conversation regarding whether or not you're a believer or not a believer. There should be a certain amount of weeks, whatever the case may be. This is about where government should be. And should government be in the place to say we pay for abortions? I think this is going to be the big conversation regarding issue one in Ohio. You want to say it protects abortion rights? When you go through the legislation, it looks like it says Ohio will pay for abortions and possibly engage in gender transitions at the expense of Ohio taxpayers and and say that parents don't have the right to know what their kids are doing. I think we're about to see a series of legal challenges. As the Cleveland Plain Dealer reported, now that issue one has passed, which of Ohio's dozens of abortion laws will be challenged first? And the answer is all of them. If you were to argue that the, the, the right to an abortion should exist has a different argument than the abortion should be paid for by me because I don't want to pay for your abortion. Now, allow me to be crude for a moment. I could say that I'm not paying for your abortion because I didn't get the opportunity to do the fun part. Now, that's crude, kids. That's despicable. That is ugly. But I bring it up because my connection to it is non-existent. I am told time and time and time again... I'm a man. First of all, it's nice that we now know that there are men and there are women. When it comes to the abortion conversation, we all of a sudden remember what a woman is and what a man is. It's incredible. And because I'm a man, I don't understand, so therefore I shouldn't have a say. But if I lived in Ohio, you would still want my money. And I don't know how you do that with a straight face. I don't have a say because I'm a man. I didn't even get to participate in the early part that caused the necessity of the conversation. But you want my money. As crude of a statement as something like that would be that I brought up, I bring it up for a point that look at what they're saying. That's disgusting. You should have no say, but you should have to pay. This is a very un-American thought process. And I believe this conversation vis-a-vis issue one in Ohio is one that you can apply to the idea of the military and abortions. I don't think Tuberville is off on on, on on an insanity here. I really don't. Now, one could argue there may have been a better way to do it. I don't know what that way would be, but I'd be up for that conversation. But I don't think he's I don't think he's out of his head. 
out of your head is what I would call the Biden administration through the Department of Health and Human Services that has now implemented a pronoun policy requiring employees to use preferred pronouns or face firing. So the federal government is now going to tell federal employees you have to speak a certain way or else you lose your job. Me, I don't use pronouns. I won't be told which ones to use. I won't be told to lie to myself or to lie to others. When I lied to myself and when I lied to others, those were the days of my depression and being suicidal. I'm not going back to that. I am not going back to the days of losing months of my life. Not And by the way, I couldn't remember what they were. Months of my life staring at a computer screen back in the day. I didn't even know what I was looking at. Just wasting the days as I tried to figure out how I could end my life uh, without my wife just walking in on the body. By the way, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 988. They changed it. I mean, they still have the uh, 273-8255 number, but you just dial 988. If you need it, uh, make, make the call. When I stopped lying to myself... When I stopped lying to others, everything in my life got better. Happy, joyous, honesty has value. Tremendous value. Uh, And I'm not going to go back because these people think that I have to say he or she or zher or whatever else. And I won't do it. I don't love you that much. Person who thinks they can force me into pronouns. I don't love you. I want you to live your life, and I want to be able to live my life. But you now want to force me into language, so you won't let me live my life. So therefore, it's me or you, and I choose me. Let's fight. Don't care what the government says. Government can kiss my ass. What does it matter? You understand how hateful the government is when they want to push this kind of thing. It is hate. And if you are somebody who sides or is trans and you think that people should be forced into using pronouns, you are hateful. You are trying to erase me. I'm letting you exist. I just won't play in your game. You made choices. They're not for me to now have to be a part of. But you made a choice. You now want me to change the way I I live my life. That's despicable. That's nuts. I'm not doing that. I'd rather fight you in the streets. It dawns on me that I, I, I say that often. And I should describe what that expression means because I have no interest in the violence. I'm interested in being left alone. My point is there are things worth fighting for. And the people who believe that they can force you into speech, you know, it, it's Jordan Peterson paraphrasing. Uh, there may be things you shouldn't say in society. But the idea that there would be law or legislation or regulation to force you to saying certain things, that doesn't exist. That has never existed in English common law. Forcing you to say certain things? If you want to talk about authoritarian and fascistic, it's language like this. And the people who believe that this is good, these are bad people. They don't want to live their life. They want to live your life. And I believe that is something you have to fight against. And however that fight goes, it goes. It's not always going to be in the streets. Yeah, there, there are many other ways this could happen. 
But if you want to talk about evil, hateful, disgusting, immoral, low class, it's the idea of saying, use these pronouns or be fired. Despicable stuff. There is more going on in the world than, um, than what's happening in Israel, than what's happening on the southern border, what's happening with China, what's happening with the economy, and all these things matter. I just want to make sure I'm covering that while we're focused in these places, the people who hate us don't stop, don't rest, and don't sleep. They keep finding new ways to be oppressive. Now, that stinks because it's very hard to get some rest when they are never resting. There's a lot to cover. I still believe it is possible to win these fights. And I actually think when you take a look at some of this election data, there are, there are things on the move. There are ways to embrace this as a way of getting people more aware of it and therefore responding with their votes and responding with their support. But yeah, you don't just give in to a society that says you have to say this. If you believe in the First Amendment and your entire future is predicated on being able to have the First Amendment, you fight in the streets if necessary. I'm Tony Katz. stroke talking about Woz I'm talking about Steve Wozniak Steve Jobs Apple creator yeah he was in Mexico City he's 73 I don't ever think he's been in great health Uh, a minor stroke he was there to speak at a business conference he was at his computer and he gets vertigo Uh, First of all, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? Uh, I don't know if you've ever had vertigo, which I, that's that's different than being dizzy, right? Vertigo is when you have the spinning. Isn't that it? Isn't that the difference? This has only happened to me once. I got out of bed too quickly, which I, I guess is like some seminal moment of, oh, I guess I'm getting older. I don't know. I lifted myself out of bed. And the room started to spin. And I said, oh, this can't be good. So I lay down and I close my eyes. It is kind of fascinating. By the way, talking about it right now, I, I, it, it's like you could feel a little bit loopy. Um, there's nothing weirder than closing your eyes and you're still spinning. Right? Usually like, you fix on a point or you close your eyes and then you know, you're, you're able to kind of recalibrate yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no, when that's happening, you're still going. Um, it took it took a half an hour. It was super weird. I mean, I never lost consciousness. I never lost the ability to speak. I didn't slur any words. I didn't smell toast. I didn't, I didn't have a stroke. Uh, but I remember I kind of, uh, my, my wife was next to me. I kind of made my way to the bathroom because you're spinning, and so your stomach gets a little... A little out of control. I was like, oh, this is not, this is not good. Uh, It's how it is, because I've never been, I've been drunk once in my life, once. And it was on white wine. It's so freaking embarrassing. 
It's so, it is so, as I, it could not be more unmanly. My being drunk on white wine during a snowstorm at a friend's house in New Jersey. It was the, my first time ever drunk. I was in my, I was in my mid thirties. Oh, oh, it was embarrassing. It was, but it happened. Um, but I never felt like that. This was super weird. Super weird. So Wozniak, he was scheduled to speak at the World Business Forum in Mexico City. Uh, Carly Fiorina speaking there, a series of people. Um, he didn't make the speech. He's like, man, I'm not uh, not okay. Uh, got to a, 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 a doctor uh, and uh, got himself under control and then uh, headed home. A minor but real stroke. By the way, did I ever tell you I met Steve Wozniak at a 7-Eleven in Hollywood? It was, um, I, I forget I forget the year. He was on Dancing with the Stars. I was in a 7-Eleven, grabbed a soda. He walked in. He drove up on his Segway. He's wearing the vest, the reflective vest. And he comes out. And I'm like, I, I'm going to say hello. How are you? We were talking for a minute. And this guy comes, and he's checking out the Segway, and the guy's like, what do you do? And Steve Wozniak is like, I'm in computers. And this guy's like, oh, I do computers, I do this, and I do that. And I had to tell this guy, you know you're talking to Steve Wozniak, right? One of the great Hollywood moments of my life was that. This is Tony Katz today. being reported a corridor has been opened for Palestinian civilians to evacuate Al Nasser and Al Shifa hospitals so Hamas has barricaded themselves in these hospitals so these people are trying to escape they're trying to head south and so they're trying to exit Hamas is shooting at them to try and get them back in the hospitals. The people of the pro-Hamas side are saying the Israelis are shooting at people coming out of the hospitals. That's not what is happening here. We know that Hamas doesn't care about Palestinians at all. A Palestinian dead, a Palestinian uh, alive, it's all good for Hamas. A dead Israeli, good for Hamas. A dead Palestinian, good for Hamas. That's that's who they are. Then came this. This is over at News Nation, a study from the University of Washington Center and the University of California, Berkeley. They may have figured out a way to improve sleep quality. And the answer is coffee and bourbon. Yes, 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 yes. Having both caffeine and alcohol in the same night might uh, had a mitigating effect on each other's negative effects on sleep. So caffeine results in a 10-minute reduction in sleep per cup the previous day. Alcohol intake led to a 4% decline in sleep quality, quality per drink. 
But the trend did not hold when the two were combined both during the day and the night, which means espresso martinis for everybody. Note, note, please, by the way, just uh, for for uh, so we can be friends. I said espresso and not expresso because it's not espresso. It's espresso. And uh, uh, these things should be said right because the last thing in the world we want is more madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's espresso. By the way, I will admit that the idea of an espresso martini, I find wholly disgusting. I've never had one. I'm not a martini guy. You know this. I'm a bourbon guy. Particularly, I'm a rye guy, for, for sure. 51% rye instead of 51% corn in the mash bill. Uh, I, I have found myself liking rye more Midwestern rye than, let's say, things like Whistle Pig. Uh, it's, it's just what, what I like. And I like coffee. Oh, I'm a fan. I, sh- I don't even know why I'm not drinking coffee right now. I'm a fan of the coffee. But that it cancel each other out? It ends up being positive that they counteract with each other. That is that is fantastic to know. So uh, wait, so how does this like how, what about Kahlua with coffee or Bailey's in my coffee? Same deal? Same deal? So hot toddies for everybody? Is, th- is this the key? You see? It's not all negative. There's still hope, everybody. Still tremendous hope. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.